Hey everyone, welcome back to Hometown Headlines. This is episode three with the Gaiman Daily Herald, and I'm your host, Kaylee. I'm also your host, Shay. I'm also your host, Tiffany Bohannon. And I'm also your host, Annette Gandana. <laughs> We're back to bring you another week's worth of local news. So, Annette, do you want to start us off with your portion of the news? Yeah. So, um, Mazio's here in town has new owners, and one of them is actually kind of local. His name is Ethan Poole, and he has lots of family from Texoma. His grandfather is actually A.W. Poole, for those that know him. And then the other owner is named Hector Hernandez, and they're both from Clinton, Oklahoma, and they owned a Mazio's back there. And their story is kind of special because they both were employees there all throughout high school and they kind of just worked their way up to be like owners and then they were offered an opportunity out here in Gaiman and you know they took it and now they're here and they are hoping to stay here for a while and um, Hector made it known that they just want customers to feel very comfortable and very welcome there and they want it to be a very close um, environment for the community. That's really cool. Very nice. Yeah. And here's a clip from my conversation with one of the Mazio's owners, Hector. So what made you guys want to start, like, um, like operating these restaurants? Like, what was so, the... So Ethan, Ethan and I both started working there about our freshman year in high school. We, mm-hmm. we've, been working, we've been working on Mazio's since, since our freshman year in high school. But since he's a little older, he's been around longer. Mm-hmm. So he's been about in Mazio's for about uh, 14 years, 13 years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I've been in it about eight, seven, eight. It, it, it'll be eight in December, so yeah, it's about eight years for me and then about 14 for him. Wow, that is a long time. From the time you started working at Mazio's until... I guess now, like, did you guys just move up in the company? And yeah, yeah I, mean, uh, I think we both started out as drivers, and then he went on to do delivery driver, and then he became a manager, or an assistant manager. And then from there, he went a manager, and then became the district manager around there. Perfect. And what about you? How did you get uh, up to this what? position? I uh, I started as a cook as well, and then mm-hmm. we kind of just went up as we went. They kind of used me wherever we needed. They needed extra hands, so I was a driver. I was a cook, but I just um, run. Uh, but I just run orders out to people. I could wait. I waited on people as well. So it was uh, kind of kind of as, as we went. We kind of learned how to do everything. So mm-hmm. they just throw us in spots where they needed extra hands, and then from there. I became an uh, an assistant manager, and then I became a manager there. So pretty, pretty easy go. And we talk to we make sure to talk to our customers. We treat our customers kind of like family whenever they right. come. Just kind of, just kind kind of to give them a home environment. I mean, you're getting waited on, and just you, you feel like home. Um, mm-hmm. we we plan on being part of the community. We plan on living here for a little while for a while. So we plan on being 
a part of the community, kind of contribute to it somehow. Mm-hmm. And contribute to the school. I mean, some in fundraisers that they do, kind of just help out wherever we can. I also had an interview with the interim CEO, um, Pamela McFarland, um, and she... At the hospital? Yes, for the Memorial Hospital of Texas County. Um, she was very nice, and she told me a lot about um, her experience. She's been in the medical field since she was 15, and she's worked in different parts, you know, of the hospital. She's, she's worked in the psychiatric side of it, and then in the OB part and yeah and also like she was a nurse's aide but then she got moved to the financial side of things which is where she started to kind of learn more about how to help with that kind of side of hospitals. The revenue. The revenue and all that. Yeah. And she has her own company. It's called IRC Financials or something. Or IRC Consultant. Okay. And she's actually owned that for 12 years. So, you know, she made it, um, she told me that, like, one of her goals was to help the hospital get out of kind of just, like, the debt and stuff that she, that it's been in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she said her first goal when she got here was to open up the COVID unit, which she did, you know, and I know a lot of people are very happy to see that open now, considering it's been closed. Here's a clip from my conversation with Pam. I guess just to ask you, guys, like, more about you, did, like... You've always been in like the medical field and stuff like that. Always. always. And I've worked. I've worked for hospitals um, across this country, and I've also worked for. T- I've had two clients that were um, in foreign countries. I have a company um, by the name of IRC Consulting. That is my company. Um, <clears throat> employee of one. Um, <laughs> But no, I've done revenue cycle consulting. Um, I've had my company for about 12 years now. So you've been coming into hospitals for 12 years and kind of helping them with their... Um, that is true, but I worked for hospitals. I've actually worked for hospitals, been in the hospital environment since I was 15 years old. So I I uh have have worked in the hospital environment for many many years and a physician practice. Oh wow! So when you were when you were 15, how did you start out working for hospitals? Like as a candy you... striper. I was a candy striper, and then I worked uh, the information desk. Back in those days, they used to have an information desk where you always stopped as a visitor and checked in before you went to visit patients or. You know, if you needed to, uh, instructions to an ancillary department, um, and then I worked as a nurse's aide because I was going to go to nursing school. And in the course of of that experience, um, the hospital that I worked for used to give me many locations in the hospital to work. I worked in surgery. I worked in um, neonatal um, care nursery. I worked on medical surgical floors, um, OB. Um, I even had a psychiatric experience in a psychiatric facility. Um, And then I somehow got shifted to the finance side of things and worked in that finance arena, which brought me to my expertise in revenue cycle. I used to um, run a... um, a revenue cycle department for three large facilities in Cleveland, Ohio. 
wow. many years ago. Um, and then I had my first consulting experience, and it's been that way ever since. I have not ever had the experience of working in a pandemic. Um, right. But, you know, I... Um, I certainly, in the course of my many years of working in the healthcare, you know, setting, um, I mean, you're working with sick people. So mm -hmm. when I was asked to come here, um, I didn't hesitate, even though this was a um, a very hot co county in terms of, you know, the number of COVID cases in the state of Oklahoma. Right. Um, but when I took on the role of interim CEO, um, my first challenge was to get the COVID unit up and running, and we did that as of last Tuesday. So within That's a month's time, we had it up and open for patient care. That's excellent. That's good to hear because we've heard a lot of people share their concerns with, you know, the hospital has a COVID unit and it's not being used and why, and you know, stuff like that. So it's good to hear that that's finally being put to use. And I really would like to, I would love to say thank you in that regard to, um, you know, a number of people here at the hospital that all pulled together and worked very hard, as well as the medical staff here. You know, uh, everybody really did a great job of, of making it happen. You know, in your time being here at Memorial Hospital, what are your goals or what are some things that you want to make happen while you are in this position? Well, certainly, I, I mentioned a little bit about the technology side of things. Um, I'm currently working with some folks to improve technology because if you're doing things manually, um, it takes more time. So I find that, you know, operations can be more efficient and productive when we can work smarter and less harder. Um, so. I do have a focus on that, and that will continue even after the permanent CEO gets here. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's just sort of what I do. Um, at the same time, I'm trying to move some of um, the individuals here into a more responsible and training, um, you know, trying to bring them along into a, I don't know how I want to say this here, uh, Give them the opportunity to to be a leader as well. Right. Does that make yeah. more sense? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh. And we had to do that. I mean, through this whole project of getting this um, COVID unit up and running, everyone had, you know, a piece of this that they had to make sure that they took care of and, and uh, you know, brought back in a successful way in order for it to work, whether that was ordering supplies or making sure medications were where they needed to be, making sure that plant and operations were functioning the way they should, um, nursing especially, making sure we had the right nursing staff and the right coverage, um, it, it, again, medical staff, making sure that we were meeting their needs and they were helping to guide us with what they needed. Um, and I have to say, I, I used um, uh, one of the gals at Woodward Hospital was so helpful in 
helping to guide us a bit too on infection control and I had her come down and take a look at the unit, showed her, you know, how we were setting it up and, and she was quite helpful in making sure we were on the right track. But um, just today we received a press release about a new permanent CEO and his name is William Bill Ehrman and he worked at the hospital in Liberal, Kansas, Southwest Medical Center, mm -hmm. which Southwest Medical Center has a few offices here <coughs> in town. So that's cool that he kind of transferred. So mm -hmm. he probably has some experience here. I don't know that for sure, yeah. but he probably knows the area at least a little bit. Yeah, and I know a lot of the Board of Trustees are excited to see him and to see what he does mm -hmm. here in the hospital. So. Also to note, we did reach out to Guyman PD about the shooting that happened in the middle of September. There still hasn't been an update on it. We haven't received any comment. So if we do end up hearing more, we will definitely let you guys know. Same with the investigation by the OSBI on that Guyman Public School employee. We haven't received any new information. Um, we don't want to bug them too much because that is a huge investigation, I imagine, and when they're ready to release something, I'm sure they will. So we, we will, will keep you updated. We will continue to try getting as much information as we can. Yes. And as soon as we get it, we'll let you guys know about it. <laughs> so. so for our weekly COVID-19 update, as of Thursday, October 1st, we had 150 active cases here in Texas County. Uh, Monday, we had 29 new positives. Tuesday, we had 20. Wednesday we had 23, Thursday we had 13, and Friday, which is today, we had 11 new cases, so. Mm. Hmm. How many um, of those active cases are at the schools? Because I know a lot of kids are in quarantine right now. Um, so in within Guyman Public School District, there are a total of eight students with positive tests in quarantine at the moment. And there's 134 students in quarantine who have come in close contact with someone who's been infected. Oh. And um, as for the staff, there are 12 who have tested positive who are in quarantine right now. And there are 18 in quarantine who have come in close contact. Oh, wow. Quite a few, Sheesh. quite a few students in quarantine. And teachers, mm -hmm. or staff, I guess. Yeah. Not necessarily teachers. I know, I want corona to end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the sports world, um, Guyman lost to Carl Albert for their homecoming game, 63-0. to zero. And then the undefeated Texoma football team, they beat the Burns Flat Dill City, 48-6. to six. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So if you guys haven't one. checked out Texoma, they're pretty great. They're really athletic, so I definitely go watch them play. Fun to watch. And then this weekend's, or tonight's games, it's Guyman versus Piedmont at home at 7. So go watch them. And then Texoma plays Merritt tonight also, and Hooker plays Sarah. It's, uh, Tex Texoma's away, right? Yeah. And then, but they live stream their games. Yes. So that is something to look at yeah. on the THS Booster Club yeah. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty neat. And then um, I chose Allie Malco to be the athlete of the week. She's a senior and plays volleyball for Guyman High School. She's great to watch also. And then... Um, for those that don't know, there's kids in basketball going on on Saturdays. So go watch them. And then OPSU girls and men's 
soccer is tomorrow. The girls game starts at 11 and the men's game starts at 3 at Anchor D Stadium. And also um, OPSU softball games are tomorrow, but um, the time is to be announced. But yeah. So Tuesday's sports paper is going to be packed full with local news. Yeah, that's <laughs> a Friday night football. And a lot Saturday. of Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. And Saturday. Sports. I'll be pretty busy yeah. this week. Yeah. Right. So check out tomorrow's paper nice. because it'll be packed full. Tuesday. Tuesday's paper. Yeah, yeah tomorrow. Okay, also the Texoma girls high school softball team. They are two games away to going to state, so keep a lookout for them. They're very talented. Coach Phillips, she's an awesome coach. She believes in her team, and I'm looking forward to see what they can do. Yeah, for those of you who aren't aware, Coach Phillips is actually Taylor Phillips, Taylor Richardson, who was a Superstar softball player from Guyman a few years back, I would say. She was great, and yeah, I remember her playing. So she was fun to watch, and she's, I'm sure, coaching these girls up to yeah. be awesome. So that's going to be a program to watch. a good leader for them. I imagine. Yeah. So that'll be a fun program to watch. This year it has been, and then in yeah. the coming years I'm sure it will be. So yes. that's going to be exciting. And also, um, I take pictures at all the games that I go to. So if you want to get pictures of your kids, um, check our website at GuymanDailyHerald.com. Yeah, also on that note, um, next week is National Newspaper Week. So just a reminder that all these stories that we bring up in our podcast, the more detailed version is in our print edition and our e-edition. So if you want to subscribe to our paper, you can call the office at 580-338-3355 or you can go onto our website to subscribe you just have to make an account um we broke it down it was kind of like if you buy a paper every day you're spending nearly 200 dollars a year on local news when you could be spending substantially less and just become a subscriber so we definitely encourage that next week in our print edition we're going to be having uh, our office profiles for National Newspaper Week, so you'll get to meet our staff a little bit more in depth, and it would be an awesome time to have you join our subscription list. So check that out. That's my little spiel for the day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Hometown Headlines. Thank you guys for listening. As always, be sure to follow us on social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, be on the lookout this week in this week's papers if you want to learn a little bit more about our staff here. It's National Newspaper Week, so we will have a bio of one of our staff members every day. So, look out for that. See you guys next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.